0: Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. Uh, today I'm here, pull this up here, with Claude M. Lawson III
1: all right yeah there you yeah,
0: we go good i'm good. good to be here good to be here <laughs> so claude if you haven't checked it out oh man it's gonna be more work for me but yeah if you haven't checked it out he's on another podcast that we did on on the, the martial arts mindset you can see the link here and uh if you want to check out that conversation you're more welcome to uh today we're gonna be talking about claude's martial arts journey which is going to be related to the topic that was posted here on youtube um so real quick, Claude, we're gonna do Quentin Tarantino style. Sure thing. <laughs> so, where where are you at now? What what I'm, do you what do you do now?
2: I'm currently. I work for work for DOD. I'm in uh, DC right now. Um, I retired retired after 26 years in the military. I was in the Air Force. <clears throat> worked at the Pentagon for a short period of time, and once I retired, I went and worked for NIH. Uh. For the division of senior scientific and executive management, we recruited all the scientists, and then now work for the Department of Defense um, in a, pretty much a
1: policy capacity. We write policy for hiring um, senior executives. For and, the most part. And what about
0: because um, when I when I, I contacted you recently, and you said you were coaching the U.S. martial arts team. Is that I was down in I was down in uh, North Carolina. My instructor's instructor is,
2: is in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and he is the coach for the North Carolina uh, U.S. martial arts team, that division. So I was down there doing some grappling and, and, and some other stuff down there for him, getting his team ready for – actually, they competed today and yesterday. Where are they compete? They're in for? Florida. Um, Tampa, I want to say, but I'm not 100%. They're in Florida right now competing. Okay, yeah. cool. What, what, what are they competing in? It's a U.S. martial arts uh, um, competition. It's martial artists from all over the world, part uh, all over the U.S. who are part of this team in just about every state. And they gather every year, either once or twice a year, and they compete against each the other. They have the grappling divisions. They have the sparring, of course, traditional and uh, non-traditional forms, just like a, a regular uh, martial arts uh, uh, competition, um, but it's on a much larger scale. That so yeah, I was helping, helping those guys out and they're getting better. We're going to try to set up a, a, a jiu-jitsu program down there for him. That's regular and, and uh, get some of his guys trained up. So I can come down there maybe once a month, once every other month
0: and train them. And the other guys can take over from there to make sure they keep training. Ooh. And then, so military, military. background, you're coaching with you guys. And then, and then the next question is in your martial arts, resume, I guess. Are you one of those guys with like a thousand black belts? Are you one of those guys with two black belts, four black belts? I have a
2: couple. Not a bunch. Um, I was a junior junior instructor in Ishin Rue when I was a kid. Uh, it's been so long. I don't remember anything from that. So I never really counted as anything as I got older um when i found in kimbo it's something that i kind of just stuck with and it just went from there 30 years ago um but jiu jitsu i have a black belt in jiu jitsu i have a black belt in uh kaju kimbo if you know the kaju with an n and m with the m and um a kimbo 5th degree and uh physically in kaju kenpo
0: okay so is that, is that ed parker kenpo that we're talking about no it's
2: actually a chinese like like a, a mixture of chinese kenpo. my again my instructor's instructor um branched off not branched off but it created his own form his own expression
0: of kempo slash kaju kenpo okay so, so he teaches he teaches both together. Oh, oh okay so he's he's got his own kempo system and mm-hmm. he's got a black belt in kajukenbo, which is yeah, he's a he's a ninth degree in kajukenbo, which is which is common for anybody listening. It's kind yeah. of this is <laughs> pretty common in kajukenbo. Like my instructor has, he has his kajukenbo certificate, and then he also has a certificate in wushu kung fu. um Through she's well and Abad, who also had like a and again yeah, Mike his instructor too had had a black belt in kajukenbo, and then another system, a Hung system, and a kung fu system. So like, as you move forward. In Kajakembo we, oh shit, ah fuck, we're going into the, we're not going into the What Is Kajakembo <laughs> <not going>. podcast, <laughs> i to say that, I'll stop myself, and if it's I go right. to, if I take longer than a minute to describe this, we're going to, we're going to switch topics real quick, right back to you, but <laughs> to listening, doing right. listening to this for the first time, Kajukambo guys have a lot of diverse backgrounds, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, at the end of this podcast, what is Kaju Kembo? You'll go there. There's a whole like over an hour conversation between me, UFC coach John Hackleman, who's more of a modern oh, approach a of Kajikempo, and then uh, we also have uh, uh, Ron Steller who's a little more of a traditional, oh, but still has a modern yeah. take on it. And then uh, we have style. one more person in there. I think a, a young cat was in there too. But either mm-hmm. way, so it's like that's a great podcast to check out to really in depth describe what I'm talking about. But for you, that for you, the listener who's just came in on this. Kembo guys have diverse backgrounds, um, which is why like someone asked me, "Hey, you should interview people from other styles." I'm like, "I, I do. I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna start people just." But the reason I enjoy interviewing Kembo guys is because I still the Kembo box is a way I can relate to them. But then also, there'll always be something else every time. Absolutely, and that's what I have to talk about. Um, all right, did it under a minute? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, got that done under a minute. I was literally telling myself. So, let's now let's work back. Okay, what was the name of that first style you you trained in? Uh, 1975. I was five years old. Ru. I was in uh,
2: Tampa, Florida. I actually trained with my mother when my father was was military also, and he was overseas in Thailand. And then from there, training that a couple of years. From there, we went to Germany. I got into Ru. And then from we were there for three years. Ru <clears throat> went to Man, where did we go? <laughs> Went to Vegas, and I did a little Taekwondo there. Um, got into tung Sudo, Do. Um, moved to Minnesota. I got into a style called uh uh Do is what it's called now, but it used to be called Chum Kwan. It was a mixture of eight different systems in one. And uh, I took a little Kung Fu there too with some friends that were training, and some of them were black belts We were in junior high and high school, high actually high school. And then little G Kundo, I was there. Little Screamer. Um, uh, went to the um, Minnesota Kali group up there. And moved to San Antonio, got into some more Taekwondo. Some Tung Sudo Do with uh, Sensei Zip White, one of my favorite instructors. Um, and then, the, where did I go from there? I was going the military from there. Oh, no, actually take that back. I got into some Chinese Kempo with a guy named Mike. I cannot remember Mike's last name. Um, that's probably a little bit after I graduated high school. And then from there, I came into the military and went to Abilene, Texas, met up with, uh, Grandmaster James Cox, uh, Abilene Kaji Kimball, kickboxing and boxing. That's where I started doing a little bit of kickboxing and, um, got a, actually, we got into jujitsu in 1995 with a guy named Jim And Was that, um, was that- Jim Chacon?
0: No, the-, the Brazilian jujitsu Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, okay, okay. Is yeah. a, this should, uh, we'll, we'll go oh, a little deeper de- into de- that later, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, I got into it there, and he uh,
2: he was actually a white bud at the time, but he was teaching, he was showing me anything he could. He was at, at college, and he brought that stuff back, and we were boxing and cake boxing with a uh, – my instructor had a, a boxing coach there uh, uh, named Jesse Cantu, who uh, was working with uh, his cake boxing team and his cake boxers. Um, and, uh Yeah. James Cox is you know, one of my very good friends, very good friends. We go way back and uh he's phenomenal. Um he another person that trains Kajukimbo and Crab God, Black Belt, he's got a Purple Bug, Jiu Jitsu, you know, he's got uh brown belt and some other uh some other arts, I believe. And uh just constantly training and learning and, and growing uh in the martial arts. And um yeah, I can I can never say enough about. My instructor, one of my, we're only a couple months apart in age, so we're like really tight. Still, my, that's my instructor, all uh, respect given, but uh, he's also one of my good friends. And then um, I trained in some Piquita Tiercy, you name it. Every couple years, I went and trained in a new art somewhere. I trained at Caesar Gracie School for a short period of time, um, Dave Terrell. And I shout out these people. Dave, Dave Terrell uh got his black belt and I called him to uh congratulate him because I had to stop training for a while because I was going to I was going to college and I had a family six <laughs> at the time. And he goes, Hey, why don't you come down and train? I said, Man, it's like an hour and a half drive. He goes, Just come down. I respect the drive. Just come down and train. I trained there for about two and a half, almost three years. And uh, his school is all no gi. They, they didn't do gi at all. Um Caesar school was phenomenal. Dave was just is the jiu-jitsu at that school was just on another level. Um, NorCal Fighting Alliance is 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 a, is a top-notch school back then, and I, and I know he's made it grow even more now. Um, man, what else? I can go on and on. I actually went to a seminar at one of the uh, shoot wrestling academies at a, at a Kempo place and rolled against some of their instructors during that time frame. And uh, I tapped a couple of them, you know, just training at Dave's school, and uh, they wanted me to come and, you know, being instructed there, look at you know learning the curriculum, um, and then I met Grandmaster Davis, Grandmaster Joe Davis, Senior Grandmaster Joe Davis. Um, when I was stationed at Travis, he actually came to my house and trained in my uh, my uh, garage school. I was teaching at the um, at the military base on the uh, at the gym for a short period of time, for, well about two and a half, almost three years, and I started doing the garage dojo thing. And he came by. I was training with him. Um, in American Canyon, American Canyon, or something like that for a while, I love that man he's uh that's a Kajikumbo treasure right there, you know, martial arts, rude he trained with bruce lee um man uh, I can't say more about him that, that hasn't already been said. love that man. I just talked to him yesterday I'm, I'm gonna call him later on tonight also so he can just just shoot the shoot the crap, you know, shoot the shit you know, but um, man. There's just so many, there's, there's a lot. I trained in Jeet Kune Do when I got to, I, I trained at, I uh, went, I uh, stationed at AFSOC, special operations. And I wound up training with a guy there who was a, a black belt, and Wing Chun and uh, Jeet Kune Do, uh, Posey, Posey Smith, I believe really that's his last name. And Mike Watson is another guy and uh, had fun training with them. And I met my, uh, say current Jiu Jitsu instructor, uh uh, it's
0: always weird. You can't remember people's name. I can't believe that. I, I, I can't remember anyone's name. I mean, that's, why I, that's why I typed out your name. Is it just you know, talking to you. I had to type your name out before we started the podcast. I'm sitting here. I'm like,
2: come on. I just talked to him. I'm like, come on, man. Here, see, now I'm looking, looking see, Look up his name, man. Courtney. Gosh. Courtney Wesley, who uh, he was part of Jefferson Vilhena, Equipo Vilhena in, um, I think, Madaba, Brazil. And that's who I wound up getting my black belt from. All that's right. most of it in a nutshell. <laughs> all
0: right. So now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go in break that we, down. We're gonna, we're gonna unpack a lot of this real quick. And Absolutely. I you, some of the stuff you can't remember too well. And while you were while we were uh, while you were talking, I looked up some stuff. So let's share a screen here real quick. Share a screen. Make sure there's no porn. Okay. Good. All right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good. All right. Good. Yeah, be careful. Uh, be careful. So, uh, <laughs> make sure all my windows are closed. Okay. Good. All right. Now. So. <laughs> it should Ishin, Ishin jiu-jitsu you said you didn't know much about this one right that was not Ishin, jiu-jitsu Ishin Ryu karate was what Ishin Ryu karate okay let's, let's go back okinawa
2: here. okinawa more okinawa karate
0: is Ishin Ryu. Ishin Ryu, Ryu karate okay so already that's that's what that was the first thing all right here it is Ishin Ryu karate all right so that's an okinawa style karate and you said for but, this one you couldn't remember much about it um, no, uh,
2: Ishin Ryu was my very first style uh, when I was five till, uh, till I was about eight years old, and then we moved to we moved to uh, to Germany, and I did a little bit of Shorin Ryu.
1: Okay,
0: so for anyone listening, uh, Ishin Ryu from this is from Wikipedia, so it's mm, as accurate as Wikipedia can be. Um, it's a style of Okinawan Karate founded by Tatsuo Shimbaku in 1956. It's a synthesis of Shorin Ryu Karate and Goju Ryu Karate, and kobudo which you know keeps coming up but it literally means old style uh, or okinawa the weapons it's the old, it's the weapon system of okinawa and martial arts i've heard a few people say this too as well so you don't remember much of this style but it does come how much <laughs> and then and then you jumped from there to shorin ryu which is which is, um, which is another okinawa another Okinawan karate style and yeah you, and you where did you so the, the ishin ryu where was this again that was Florida. That was Tampa, that was Florida, Florida, at uh, McDill Air Force Base. Okay, and then Shorin Ryu was in uh, Bitburg Air Force Base. Okay, yeah, it okay. was It was a uh, Bitburg, Germany. Oh, okay. Oh, in Germany. Where my dad? Right. Where my dad was stationed? That's what okay, so the, you're, you're, At the rec center, one of the military guys taught it. Okay. At this point, you're in Germany. One of the military guys, and again, like in the military. I'm speculation here, but I don't know. You can, you can. You're in the military, so you maybe you can clarify this. A lot of military guys end up being exposed to Okinawan martial arts because of the base, right? Like, if there's a base in Okinawa, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing someone left the base and started training with some Okinawan karate guys and just brought it back to the base, which makes it easier to. Oh
1: yeah, a lot of the military
2: guys trained trained at a lot of most of the military bases overseas, especially Japan, and brought back some type of martial. Even my father did that's who that's who taught me first that's why it got me so interested in it when he came back you know and, and that's one of the reasons he's one of the reasons why i didn't quit
0: okay so that so there it is like so there's that connection right and i know a lot of so it's interesting like when i looked at kaju Kembo, they say there's some connection to the okinawan martial arts um but when i was talking to mitch powell uh hmm. a lot of the stuff and i'll have to have mitch powell and people i'm not a historian okay oh, i love mitch i love mitch <laughs> a, mitch is mitch is the guy to go to and i'm like ah is this true or not so if anybody's if, if you're a history dork uh just bypass what, what i'm about to say if i'm wrong <laughs> um but from from my understanding uh Kembo had more of a tank pseudo background like when they talk when they talk about the karate yes right. eventually because i mean obviously right you're doing Kembo, so like obviously there's going to be some okinawan influence eventually because guys that did okinawan karate end up coming into kaji later but right. the original guys which were also military guys so i'm sure there was some influence there too Most, yeah but the, the original guys um the the karate was, was from coming from Teng Sudo. which is funny that you ended up doing Do too which is a korean martial art also based on karate so again like we're not we're not we're not getting too far <laughs> off here we're not going too far off here from saying like okay yeah. almost,
2: they all have some kind
0: of type of
2: tie somewhere and also kind of, I a mean, country there's a the judo portion
0: which came from uh Joe Ho. oh okay well oh, yeah. yeah 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 so like and then yeah and then that, and that goes back to the kodokan like there's a, like if uh, not to go too much history but just to kind of give someone a great a quick brush by of everything you just mentioned um so you did some take Sudo and then From there, and just a little more history, which which I think is interesting, is just that uh, if you look at Okinawan karate, uh, Okinawan karate is different from the mainland karate because it had, again, more of the Chinese influence. But arguably, some people argue that what's happening here is originally the the Okinawan karate is different from the mainland karate because the mainland martial arts style was more for the samurai. And, and and Okinawa, Okinawa, and the mainland historically were not; they weren't like this. Japan wasn't as united as everybody thinks it was. Okinawa no. was kind of its own separate uh, subculture, as they say. In Ryoku Japan. Kingdom is what is what Okinawa was before Japan came over. Japan
2: initially came over because they noticed that their people and their martial artists were actually in shape, yeah. and they didn't have in Japan their soldiers and so on and so forth. Because that's I think that was that's what they mainly wanted it for was them to come over and teach. Their soldier, their military, because they weren't in that type of shape.
0: Yeah, they were doing, they were mostly doing back then. I don't know historically here, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make a guess here. But a lot of the stuff, a lot of the judo, a lot of the judo that you yeah. see, a lot of the judo that you see comes from whatever original styles that they were doing back then over there. Um, which eventually turns into like, I don't know, like even like, I know, oh my gosh, that was Japanese, it just came right out. <laughs> 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 I just came right out. All right. So yeah, I do live in Japan for anybody wondering. Oh um, god, that's beautiful. So, like, what's happening here? And then, oh, some more crazy history. I was talking to someone else who was telling me that uh Korea originally had a style that looked almost Chinese influenced, but when Japan came in, they made it more Japanese. And oh, then yeah? you and then you end up with more of something that looks like Ting Sudo and taekwondo because they kind of grabbed their original style and i forgot what the name Mm -hmm. it was they told me what it was i had this guy who who studied like ancient korean martial arts and when i saw his forms and i saw his stuff they had circular movements and stuff which is kind of weird and i I asked him about it. he's like oh i forgot the name of the style to be honest but the historical thing there was the same thing how japan kind of influenced it and turned it more into like that hard style so like you kind of look at it that's where it came from now for you you did you did Teng Sudo. When did you, how old were you when you did Teng Sudo? 16, 15, 16. 16. At that point, when did you find Kembo After I came in the military. Um, I came in. Oh, so that's later. Yeah, it was a couple a few years later.
2: Um, okay. I got, when I went to my first duty station. My first uh-huh. duty station, uh, 89, 90, is when I first got introduced to uh, to Kajakimbo. I couldn't find it for a couple of years. <laughs> it was a small town, but it was... It was an obscure art I would never heard of. I couldn't find anything on it, you know. You know, back in the internet, the World Wide Web back in the day, <laughs> I couldn't find anything on it. And I met uh my my instructor and I met his instructor at uh next door at a friend at a friend's house. You know, I said, Oh, the guy next door knows martial arts. I locked on the door and I talked to him for about twenty, thirty minutes, but I couldn't find the school, you know. I was so young trying to get a car. <laughs> and uh when I when I uh I found them, um I think I watched class for three months and I, I learned when I was younger. I learned really, really fast. And I had so much martial arts behind me. I think I'm the only yellow belt history from them that my, my uh, yellow belt took an hour and a half. And uh, <laughs> I was only, a, I was a color belt for, for 11 months, 12 months, something like that. But um, yeah, I watched for three months and before I even joined just to see what what it was like, what the instructor was like Um, as I could from, you know, coming from work, I didn't go every day, but every chance I got a chance to go, I would come and work. And honestly, what got me to join was watching, they were doing a pizza day, which I thought was cool. They just sit there and watch videos of of their tournaments, uh, training and stuff like that. And then there was a demonstration between uh, my instructor and his instructor breaking bricks. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I've seen this a million times. Um, my instructor, Hammer Fist, broke two the the gray. So I'm like no spaces. Boom! I'm like, oh, that's impressive, you know. Um, that's that's pretty awesome. His instructor got up there had three, and I'm like, okay, that's a little steep. They're kind of thick. And he's laughing and joking and just talking. There's no, you know, you can get ready to break. There's that focus and all that. He didn't do any of that. And he said he said something about focus and the way you strike and the power having to go from the top. To the back to you want to hit somebody and they should feel it through their back. And I was like, body hits the bricks, right? And I look at first and nothing broke, but I look at the bottom brick and it cracked. And it didn't and like okay, I was thinking how hey, this is a setup, but it didn't crack in the middle, it was he hit off center and it cracked directly underneath where he hit it. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to hit somebody like that. So I'm joining. <laughs> I'm joining. I say, I'm i not the, <laughs> the brick-breaking, board breaking type. But whatever kind of focus that is, <laughs> OK, to have that kind, that kind of power on hand, I was like, yeah, I want some of that. I want some of that. <laughs> and it, was a, it was a speed. It was a speed break. And no focus, just bam.
1: And how, how old were you at this point? At that time, I was 22, 21, 22. 22. 22. and you were in the military yeah yeah right so so you came from uh, and then at this
0: point did you have a black belt in any other arts or you were just still studying right, <laughs> Ishi- uh, I right? Didn't, like i said i didn't count the junior black
2: belt You're i had just, gotten to. oh you did get a junior black belt. belt
0: you got you yeah. got a, you got a junior black belt in what Ishin ryu Ishin okay Ishin ryu the yeah. first one we mentioned Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up here. So, like, so right. the Ishinryu Karate was the one that you got your first black belt in as a kid, which you don't count because you were a kid. You said you I don't know. remember. Honestly, I couldn't remember anything about about
2: that. Well, to take it back, I do remember part of some of the forms, but it was just so young. and, and I had this thing with junior black belts, depending on the age. <laughs> um, but I understand why people promote junior black belts. It's just something that I don't necessarily do. But I understand why. I understand people that do that. This is, you know, these are the students that train with them all the time, and they're there from the time they're little kids all the way up. You know, yeah. I teach seminars most of the time, about five or six seminars a year, and I have a couple of students that I train around the neighbor the neighborhood. I don't know if they love the way I teach, but <laughs> they keep coming. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's one of those things where, yeah, I did it, but my red belt
1: that I got is is something that i think i learned a lot more from and of course later on getting the couch Kimbo definitely because i was training five six days a week i trained every day i loved it so all right so like so you you got into okay so
0: I so you know that's the other question i usually ask is like what got you what did you see is different compared to the other stuff you were doing When you found Kaja Kembo, how was it different to what you already did? I guess, yeah, we can still answer that. I mean, you kind of said it, you implied it a little bit with the breaking, like you were saying how in the other school, uh, the other experience you had, you'd have those people breathing a lot. and, And this guy was kind of just relaxed and chilling and they were having a pizza night and it was kind of a relaxed atmosphere. And all of a sudden like he did the same, same kind of focus required, but the application and the approach was totally different. Um, but what would you say, like even more so once you started training, what were some of the differences you started noticing? Well, one was that we actually made
2: a lot of the other arts during that time. They made some, well, the earlier time, each of run during that time, we made more contact. There was, there was a feeling of toughness. You were growing, uh, not only in, in learning the art form, but you were you know, uh, physically, you were, you were testing yourself and you were growing. You, I could feel myself getting stronger you know, the more confidence and everything. There was something that backed that up because I felt tougher. Not tougher than anybody else, but I felt stronger. Um, and I, was, I felt healthy. When I got to Conjure the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes of it was a workout. You worked out because classes were two hours long. You worked out, went over your techniques um, and you banged a little bit, got a little, some bruises here and there. And the system wasn't, so regimented there was some freedom in it and it focused a lot on how you moved not just you have to move exactly like this exactly like that you learn the movements you learn the techniques the proper form the proper uh, uh proper way to apply uh force uh, uh, and uh the punch but there was a freedom in it also for self-expression and i like that a lot that a lot because i i'm i move differently than you move you know, you weren't forced to move like me. and I wasn't forced to move like you. And it was something that it seemed like it was, it was encouraged. It was encouraged. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was my time and it was my time to, to, to let everything go, let everything out. And I was like, I was able to.
0: So just to clarify, like, so you were saying,
1: cause
0: it, just to make sure, just to clarify. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you you were saying that when you started doing Kaji Kambo. There was more contact in Kaju Kembo. Yes. <laughs> There's was, there was, we we um Reyes the uh not that
2: any other lineage is better than any other, but we come direct from the Reyes lineage, the hard style Kembo uh portion of that. And uh down through Lehu Reyes, um and Halewa uh, uh senior grandmaster Richard Peralta. Those were our two. Any any Kajukimbo that comes from those two people with the the country with the M, you can trace your lineage back to those two people. If, the, if you're spawning with a, with an M and you can't trace your lineage back to them to you, well, it's not, it didn't come from that from that line. And it was all hard all the time. I had the bruises, the crack ribs and everything else to go along with it. Um, and I'm sure plenty of the other country chemo, chemo schools train that way also. Um, but I don't think they train like that as often as they used to. Um, a lot of people now do this as the form of their living, their lifestyle completely. And it pays the bills and everything else. And I don't think people volunteer as freely anymore to to take on those type of uh, contact, take on that type of contact anymore. Like I said, I understand it. I understand it because uh, we didn't have a whole, bu- we, had, we had big classes, but they're not as big as some of the credit schools I see. The, the classes aren't that big, aren't as big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, what I, what I think, uh, and just to tell you, like, so you're saying, you know, uh, your lineage is hard and, not, and you're not discrediting anybody's lineage. But some of the things you're saying, like, I'm just thinking about Hackleman's. Uh, John, and if you don't know who he is, John Hackleman. Oh, my, I know John Hackleman. Uh, my <laughs> listeners, I'm oh, sure you know anybody else. Gotcha, <laughs> right? gotcha. Anybody else who's just like, who's this John Hackleman guy? Uh, he's a guy I work with uh, and he's got, uh, he's Chuck Liddell, UFC Hall of Famer and uh, multiple heavyweight champion of the world. Chuck Liddell's coach, John Hackel, is a Kody Campbell guy. His waiver states, "You will, <laughs> not you may. You will. <laughs> I, 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 I am. I am clear mind body. <laughs> oh, okay. I have a clear mind, and I accept that I will get hurt and injured." <laughs> Hey, <laughs> not may like you see some waivers are like you may you, it's like you may possibly get hurt, or you may possibly and you accept the risk I will get hurt, I will get injured, and I will not come back to you. It's so like it's like that line of you're talking about, like oh yeah, I did, you know, different lineages, but yeah, there's always that like there is that underlining clause that our waivers aren't <laughs> they <laughs> different. They're, it's they're different. It's it's not implied. It is directly stated. Yeah. And you're um, gonna get hit. Yeah, you're you're gonna get hit. You're gonna get hit. And you are unfortunately. We try. We are going to try our best as instructors to keep you safe. I'm just gonna put that out there. I don't people think they were being this, but it's gonna be. Let me say, very challenging for you to get from white to black without some sort of injury. And we're gonna try Very our best hard. to we're gonna try our best to avoid this. But yeah. I mean, just to be fair, and not 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 to just to, like honk the Kembo horn here. If you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the same thing could be said. Yeah. If 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 you're if you're going through Brazilian jiu-jitsu, get ready. I'm not going to gonna. Sh- you're you gonna get hurt. You're gonna end up at the hospital, and then hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, if 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 you have a good instructor and you don't have too much ego. That trip to the hospital won't be like an ER trip. It'll just be like a, a, okay, yeah, we need to set this, and you gotta have to take like six six months off. to,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> to get better, and you're not gonna, uh, <laughs>
0: and it won't be something like critical. But like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Well, it's like, like, is, with, <laughs> with any martial art, and this
2: again, my personal opinion. I'm not sure if it's your. Own, I'm speaking for you. Um, you you have to get hit. You have to experience it. Otherwise, how do you know what you can and can't take? And how do you know how to apply those techniques and what it's going to feel like when you do make contact and what have you? Um, I don't think as a martial artist, you should think you should beat just because you take martial arts, you can beat anybody up. But you should be able to defend yourself. Okay, Um, there's no right or wrong technique, but you should be able to apply something to get yourself out of a sticky situation. And, the, and your main, your main uh, goal is to get home alive and with the least amount of damage as possible. But if you have never been hit before, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt because you're, most people are going to freeze up. They're going to freeze. And I know people out there say that's not all the martial arts is about. I understand what you're saying. There's a higher form and all that. But there's a reason why it says martial art. The martial comes before the art, <laughs> okay? You know what I mean? It comes before, and I I just um, I have a strong feeling about that. I know you can get more students if it's more like um, the tap-tap type of thing where they, they punch in the air. I know people can get more students, I understand, and I understand where they're at. Um, I can't teach somebody that way. Um, I just can't. I don't I want to put anybody down or say i can't i I can't teach that way because I feel like they I'm putting them
0: out there and they may get hurt depending on the situation and and again, like so I'm just, I, I like to use anecdotes that way this is not I'll, I'll give you a concrete example a concrete example of what you're talking about um so my daughter she's seven, she's seven years old, and I try my best to make sure that no one gets seriously hurt um so we put on uh we have uh, we have our grappling days and we have our striking days on, on our on our grappling days we'll focus on one grappling technique we'll have our striking days and we'll also have our Kaju Kembo sparring days where we let the kids mix it up um so we were doing this drill I wanted the kids slowly trying to get them into a little more contact for their grappling but as you said we don't do tap tap at our schools we don't do right. air we don't do air moves we don't do stop the punch we don't do Okay, I'm gonna do this takedown and and now you're gonna let me take you down right and you're gonna go to the ground yeah there is a moment for that I'm not saying we're yeah. having the kids like slam each other in the ground but like you know especially like when we're doing a punch trick or whatever okay you do a takedown right. and in, that, in that demonstration case yeah go ahead and be a good uke and, and let the person do what they're gonna and do the but then, yeah but once we put that helmet on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're Applies, no longer, yeah apply we're, some force yeah <laughs> we're, no, we're no longer gonna let someone take us to the ground. And right. we're now gonna be putting some effort to put some on the ground. So like, we have full face mask helmets to make sure no one gets too hit, like while they're doing the grab, no one butt butt someone else or whatever. Um but even then, and this is my and my, and also my wife, is, I'm glad it was my daughter, because then like the other kids know like if he's gonna be that way with his daughter, <laughs> yeah, how is he gonna be with us? Right. So like, <laughs> he's gonna be with you because <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this is one there's another kid in my class that I'm always I'm always scolding for the same thing. But so she gets in there and uh and the the it's kind of like judo rule judo ish rules I'll just say judo-ish rules because there's there, we have well, we're not even wearing geese we have t-shirts t-shirts and, and uh and some of the kids are either wearing jujitsu pants or karate pants so they're wearing t-shirts right. and and they're, and they're sitting there and they're grabbing each other and the, the goal is whoever takes down the other person first three points so the three three point rule in other words uh two knees isn't good enough if you if have two knees and one hand on the ground I'm not looking for wrestling. I didn't want to right. pin. I'm not, we're not. They're not ready for that. A lot of white belts in there. I just want to see someone unbalance someone to the point where they're on the ground and the other out. So my daughter and this kid are going at it. and She's a yellow belt and he's a white belt, and he's older than her. And he's bigger. I, that doesn't. I, I told her. She already knows. <laughs> I don't care about that. <laughs> you just try your best. And she, they're going at it, and it's taking a little longer. They're both getting frustrated because. Normally this little drill exercise sparring session lasts about under a minute. Like they'll get someone, someone will end up being taken down about 20, 30 seconds, but they're really tussling here. And one person's running and they keep reversing and reversing and they're getting into a minute. They're getting tired. And and eventually she turns her back and he does a double leg and she falls and she kind of bends her hand. Funny. So like I check her hand. I'm like, it's not broken. Am I, you're good. And then she starts crying and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah Stop. No. <laughs> Hold on. No. No, what's the rule about crying? What's the rule about crying?
1: Is it okay to cry? Yes. When is it okay to cry? After class. Why? Cuz if I'm on
0: if I'm outside, I'm a wood and I told them that no cuz if I and I told her that I'm like well why like, cuz if someone's attacking me, they're not going to stop if I'm crying. I'm like exactly. If you're out there Good mindset and you're defending yourself, and someone hurts you and you cry, that is not gonna stop them. And I'm not saying you can't cry. Right. I was, I was you, already, them, you, you already checked right. and make sure she yeah, wasn't yeah, injured. Yeah, make yeah. sure you're not injured. I'm mean, gonna be very clear about how the toughness and the softness that we have. Right. I'm not, I made sure she wasn't injured. I checked her finger. She's not hurt. In fact, she's just upset because she lost. Right. right. <laughs> That's really what right. it is. That's really what it is. And then later, like when we, uh, and I'm like, I'm scolding her in front of everyone and then um and then she's like but my hand and i'm like what's your rank She's
1: like
0: i'm a yellow belt what's his rank he's a white belt who should be
1: the strongest person in the room me who's the strongest person in this room right now him all right wow so like this is what i mean like when i say like a solid Mindset. example of yeah, Would I say like a solid
0: example of why we have a thousand students? Because right? yeah, no, some, some of the kids in the back are like, oh, like they had this, oh. this look. And, then some, like, and the yellow belts were like, yep. The other two yellow belts are like, yep, yep, yep. This is what to expect. And some of the other white belts are like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, you're, in your school, you established that when we're doing this,
2: this is the rule set. This is the mindset you have to have. And everybody knows this already from the beginning, Right. And that's what every class should be. There should be a mindset. We're doing this. We're training this. This is what we're working on. If we're training this, if we're sparring, this is the mindset. We're going to be safeguards and all that stuff, but there's a mindset
1: for this so that you can practice effectively to be as ready as you can be for out there. You've already checked the injury to make sure this isn't broken. Okay. It's still function. Maybe hurt a little bit, but are you okay? Everything works? Okay. Let's get back to some training. Yeah, oh, tr- trust me, I, the, <laughs> I got my ribs broken, and he's gonna see this
2: by my instructor. <laughs> when I was in Orange, but we were doing sparring, and it was, well, everybody in class were sparring against him, right? And he's going at it. And he sidekicked me, and I felt him crack. I felt, I felt it's like, ooh, I couldn't breathe in. He
1: goes, are you hurt or are you injured? And I didn't know at first, and he goes, are you hurt? Are you injured? I said, I think I'm injured. He goes, okay, sit down.
2: And after he got done sparring, he goes, what's going on? He goes, yeah, I think you cracked some ribs. I went to the hospital, I cracked some ribs. But there's a mindset, like, if I was just hurt, let's let's go. You know, I got the wind knocked out of me or whatever. And he, are you hurt? I said, I think I'm injured. He's like, okay, have a seat. We'll get you checked out in a second. You know, I tested it with cracked ribs, I tested for my second degree with cracked ribs, it's, my <laughs> yeah, yeah, second degree with cracked ribs. Um, man, it's it's different, a different mindset, but you know what, and I'll ask you this, hey, interview, <laughs> I'll ask you this, do you feel better prepared if something happens, right? Because of how, how some of the hard uh, mindset and,
0: and training that you have? and yes and not just in martial arts
2: right
0: so like i've never i've never i'm not in the military i'm not i'm an english teacher let's just put it out there i'm an english teacher i teach great (laughs) that's what i do i'm an esl teacher uh the other day a, a, a few years ago my neighbor's house caught on fire everybody started panicking and um and I remember when we went to, we did a fire drill in my town. In Japan, they have all these uh, hoses. They have like, because the way they're set up because we're in the middle of nowhere, we're kind of expected right. to be the first responders. Oh, the volunteer. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. there's a volunteer fire brigade, but, and there's also a fire department. But, but you're first on the scene. Yes. So like the fire okay. the fire department came to, our, to, came to our town and did a little seminar saying, you are the first responders. It's going to take the fire brigade maybe to call your townspeople and stuff to get them together right. it's gonna take like 15 20 minutes it's gonna take us about another 45 minutes to an hour so if you see something do something like if you are the first responder so right. like and they showed us how where the hoses were and everything and i, I immediately jumped into action started grabbing the hoses and then some other the some of the neighbors got together and we put the fire out so later my wife's like like, my wife was panicked <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> I was really hands,
1: hands in the air screaming and I'm like you need to settle down you gotta get, get, then, 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 so get all done <laughs> so like the contact those intense situations those intense situations I feel Kajakim will prepare
0: me for that I've been that's not the first kind of thing that's not the first time I've, I've had that happen I had a when I was a tow truck driver I had a guy get I had a forklift accident. I had to deal with, and I'm still not sure if that Mm. guy survived. But again, I was there first, Um, and I got told the same thing, like, "Oh, like you were really prepared." And I had a lot of people ask me, "Well, have you ever been in the military?" No, (laughs) (laughs) no. I've had a lot of people ask me. I thought you were military. I've had other military guys in Japan ask me, "Are you military?" No, I'm not military. I'm just an English teacher. You just.
1: They're trying to
0: figure out they're trying to figure out you have this weird thing going on with you that You ran to the <laughs> danger. Yeah, you had students <laughs> the danger instead of away from the danger. So we assumed either like police a law enforcement, some sort of background on that. So like and it's because they're trained in that. But I want to say that, and again, I can't speak for all Kajakembo schools, but um a lot of them um that intensity transfers over into this other stuff that puts you and you're talking about mindset and we're talking about mindset sure. but it's still it's 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 this thing that intensity yes so yeah not only am i prepared do i feel prepared against an assailant but i'm also just more calm during intense situations i, I become i feel i become razor's focused, like my like
2: everything calms down and you you can make decisions yeah yeah that's because that's because you've been through the fire you've been through the fire you know and that fire is you've been tested you've been battle tested in in some way some form and you've been you've been pushed to that limit where when things happen when unexpected things happen pain or uh or some type of intensity in your life where you've been pushed you don't shy away from it right you calm down and you assess the situation yeah and you go to it that's what most most military yeah you're right through that training because they've learned to okay something happens take that secondary evaluate and go find out what the heck you can do to help that's the first reaction to for, for most yeah absolutely i can see why they they would think that i honestly because most people they were like they'll freeze and they're like i don't know what's going on do you know what's going on before they even go check it out they just they stay there you know in the safe space, most people will find will look for safety first <laughs> before they go and put themselves in
0: harm's way, yeah yeah, so yeah, you can answer that better than I can because like i like I said I've I've only had other people explain this to me, and that's that's just how it is like I'm always, I, and then for me, I have to remember when I'm in those situations that other people like you just said other people are gonna look for safety. So like when, when, in those situations, I have to be, I have to remind myself. It's like one of the first things I told, I've had a few different emergency situations and it's being able to assess who can handle it too, right? Because right. like, if you're, if you're the only person who's calm during an emergency, you have to figure out who else is calm during the emergency. And if everybody's panicking, they should, they should go to safety. Like yeah. if, you're, yeah. if you're panicking, you're, if you're panicking. The yeah. then the best thing you can do is go to safety and stay out of the way of the people who aren't panicking, who, who need to take care of stuff. like
1: yeah so that uh, yeah so yeah now going back to (laughs) we're doing
0: i told you we're doing quentin tarantino style (laughs) 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 so you go back let's go back to your to your black belt testing in kaju because i didn't ask you about that and we're getting close to our wrap-up and i kind of want to hear a little bit about this oh absolutely So, so you went back when we go back to your story um we left off with you saying that you joined the Kembo school it was a relaxed environment uh these were the differences like this is how we ended up in this little side conversation about right. and and mindset and stuff was because you were saying Kajukenbo was different in these ways now how uh, I uh, we'll talk about that later after you answer this question <laughs> this <is> like, <laughs> um how long did it take you to get your black belt after that and what did the test look like for you? Okay, from white to black belt took me
2: three years, three months.
1: Um, and I was training like, I was, I, was,
2: we were, I was part of the group that were his first kickboxers. Like I got trained all the time. I used to run three, four miles to my instructor's house to go play video games and sit in the splits for five, six hours. Because they made me. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, three years, three months, exactly. Just about, because then I was leaving. I left there after that to, I uh, got stationed in Turkey. But um, my black belt test was, we, ble- we were put on black belt trial about six months prior. I tested with a guy named uh, Lucian Webb, who passed away. Um, Yeah, we were on black belt trial for about six months. And first part is a written test. um, And then the second part was an almost all day hard style test um i actually have it on video old vhs tape and we run through all our drills um tricks uh forms you know you run through everything and we're we're blasting it pretty much 90 80 90 95 percent um trying to take care but we're we're, we're banging we're banging pretty hard sparring and, and everything else um my board um was my instructor and another one of uh, my seniors, uh, DeMond Landry, was on the board and I think, believe Chuck Estes, who was my, Chuck Estes and Dave Rodriguez were my instructor's first two black belts. They were on the board, but then we had a Kempo guy. We had a uh Su One instructor, uh, Taekwondo, and then a couple, I, I believe, Grandmaster Bert Vickers was on my black belt test. He's uh, directly from Richard Peralta, Kajukenbo uh, self defense system. I believe he was on my on my testing. So it was a full panel of people from different arts because my instructor wanted all their opinions on his black belt testing. And he let us know he goes, "Y'all get out there, and you wouldn't be up here in the first place if you weren't ready." So we got out there and we banged, and it was like six hours, five six hours of training. Yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a I, when I finished, I laid on the floor in the office, and my body, I, my arms, everything started to cramp up. I ha, I gave everything I had uh, on that test, everything, and and I paid for it happily. But I had to drink a lot of water, <laughs> a lot of Gatorade afterward because I was I was completely spent. I was completely spent. That was a, that was a long. I believe we were probably in the in the, in the uh, squatting stand for about an hour and a half to two hours, off and on, off and on, um, between doing push push up position also, then come do self defense. Then get asked questions. Or they're asking questions, throwing throwing firing questions at us. Uh, we're answering. We got people from different art that know di- that know different things about it, and we're answering questions on those martial arts to show um, our breadth of martial arts uh, of knowledge, and uh, not just knowing just. Things just about Kimbo. Um Yeah, it was a, that was a long day. That <laughs> was a long day, a long day. But uh, yeah, I would do it again. <laughs> I would definitely do it again. <laughs> and it, honestly, the training helped because when I got to Turkey and I opened, that was my first class, like five months after I got my black belt. Um, I had sudo black belts. I had taekwondo black belts. I had kempo black belts. I had a lot of Navy guys that talked got, you know, learned martial arts in Okinawa and other places in my class. And I used to do a sparring day on Saturday morning. We started at eight o'clock in the morning and we'd finish at like five or six o'clock in the afternoon. We would fight all day long. So yeah, it was it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I learned some hot I learned Kabak hot when I was
0: in when I was in Turkey. <laughs> so that's another I remember as things go on. <laughs> that's the thing, like so uh, we're, I'm going to touch on two things that you mentioned because some people might be going what, and then I'll, I'll touch on that in a sec. And I'll, on the what, what, what some people might be saying what about, and I'll touch on that in a sec. But um, right. So a lot of karate guys, and like I always say, this is not. It's not that I favor karate Okay, I love martial arts, and hopefully you as a listener, um, if this is your first episode, I just love martial arts, and many of the karate, kanji- yeah. Not many, I will go out on a limb and make a generalized statement and say, all Kajukembo guys love martial arts. And what am I saying here? Yeah, we love Kajukembo, but because Kajukembo is an acronym of mixed martial arts, more so, we love martial arts, like any style. We're just hungry to see and learn and experience different types of martial arts and maybe not all of us now i can't generalize and say everybody has an open
1: mind to different stuff but we do have this drive to at least see what another style has to offer because we don't have
0: we're kind of in the in the formulation baked into our style is already the idea that freedom of expression that you were talking about earlier it's baked in to want to experience more so like when you're talking about your panel have different people from different martial arts on it right So, like it's always strange to i've met stylists and i don't have anything against stylists um i've met stylists i have met people who love boxing They are boxers and they love boxing and i i love to train with them and i'll do some boxing here or they they're they're uh they're brazilian jiu-jitsu players and they love brazilian jiu-jitsu and they know all these cool ways to use the gi and and even someone's belt to do all this cool stuff and they like to compete in only that and they love that thing and they don't want to do anything else and if that's your thing that's totally cool like in in your journey baked in was this love for this one thing which is great that's your thing but what I would hopefully want people to understand about a lot of Kaja Kempo guys is that baked into our what we do, I'm already doing this big than what we do, is this idea that we want to experience different martial arts, which is that's not uncommon. Like some anybody hey, if it's your first episode, you're listening to this to you're listening to Claude here say I did take so and I did it and then I'm over here, and then in Hungary I was doing this other style and they're like, wow, it sounds like this guy like can't focus on one thing, <laughs> right? But I know, right? You, but if you grab Kaji, if you grab any Kajikiboga guy, you'll find out that a lot of us are have very similar stories. Maybe there'll be less or more, but there'll always be a lot. of Now, we're almost wrapping up. There's two things that people might be tripping out on. Get your black belt in three and a half years. And even some Kaja Kembo guys might be tripping out on that. They're like, oh, you should get an eight. It should take nine. It should take your whole life. We're never going to get that to you until I die. (laughs) I'm not giving any black belts to anyone. Right before I die, in my will, I'll let my colored belts know who gets their black belt. (laughs) yeah <laughs> so like, well here's
2: here's the funny thing about it, and, and I've, I've had people say that to um i outside of being in the military <laughs> i did kajakimbo i didn't do anything i didn't there was nothing else at the time it was just me and i trained five six days a week i was there uh for my class until we closed the school most nights you know um and then all the other, the background with all the other martial arts, I wasn't starting out learning how to do a kick, learning how to do a punch. That three months I told you about that I stayed and I just watched, I learned all the techniques from white to purple belt, just by watching. Um, like I said, when it, comes, when it came, comes to the martial arts, I absorb everything like a, like a sponge. I would learn it while I was sitting there watching it. I'd go home and practice it. And the movements, none of the movements were unfamiliar um how they moved was a little bit different the intensity was a little bit different so when i started the first day of class um chuck esses who, who taught me the first day he started teaching me the forms and everything and I, he said you already know this Is it, have you trained before i was like no i watched class and and i can pick i pick things up um there was a guy named augustine lopez um grandmaster augustine lopez from spain that came and did a, a form called the, he uh he made called the sun Kata and i learned it by watching it that's i can't do that anymore brain doesn't work as well as it did when i was younger but uh most i can learn yeah too many hits (laughs) um i still pick up things pretty fast and i can learn things from watching it but uh yeah i I learned white to purple belt just by watching it those three months (laughs) off and on like i come a couple two three days a week just to watch get to know the instructor and i wanted to make sure that the instructor was a good instructor and I became cool with him first and got to know some of the students uh, before I decided to pay. I, mean, I was young. I didn't have a whole lot of money to pay and come there. And then here's the funny thing. I was going through some things at the time and money got a little short. And my instructor, this speaks to him and his heart. First thing he told me, he goes: he goes, I don't know what you're doing, but you better come to class. And I'm like, I can't, I don't have the funds. And he's like, Put your gear on and come to class.
1: So I, I had so for that, the least he could get out of me is a hundred percent on the floor, and hundred
2: percent effort at all times. So you gave me that. You gave me that to help keep my sanity and everything at, the, at that time. Nah, I trained all the time. There was never a time that I didn't train. I trained morning, noon, and night. I was at a time where at lunchtime I would go there and get taught by David Rodriguez for an hour and a half grab something real quick and go back to work. I didn't do anything else for the longest time. That was that was it. So that's that's kind of how I I really did train almost every single day.
0: And again, it's not it's not the challenge. In fact, no reason, no 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 not at all. The reason I'm bringing this up cuz I've interviewed at this point there's about there's 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 probably at least 50 different and uh, with, with the panels and everything, I've definitely interviewed over 60 different martial artists, most of them being Kaju Kembo guys. Um, one thing that happens, uh, many of them have mentioned, and one thing that I don't know if it happens in other arts. I know in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu it doesn't, because I also crossed here in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I know this doesn't happen in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If you come from another art because of that freedom of expression, if you come from another art, And as an instructor, you recognize that this person already has a certain base, a certain set of skills, as they come in, and a certain amount of dedication and discipline because of whatever else they were doing. Many of us as instructors, I'm not, I'm not going to make a generalized statement here. (laughs) This one, many of us are not profit motivated. True. That some are, and you have to pay the bills, and
1: I get that totally. But there's this one thing that we tend to really put our goal over profit motivation. So, like, because of that, we,
0: and I, I've said this before, I have had people come from other arts that already had a black belt, and they're they're shocked to find out that they end up at purple belt sooner than they expected. Right. right. And it's because I tell them, I tell them, it's, I'm like, it's not fair. To everyone else, <laughs> really, that's right. what it is. If I keep you at white belt, and you're sitting there beating up on my purple belts or my green belts, even, mm-hmm. right? And it's not to say that, that my purple belts and green belts aren't skilled. It's that they're just what I like. I like to call the a real. listen to sit I'll be like, he is a real purple belt. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what I'm saying that <laughs> he's a real green belt, and what I'm saying when I say that is that. This person has never experienced any other martial art and any other training except for the training I've given them, right, and they started fresh from you the yeah first skill set period yeah yeah, yeah. that's just just where they're at, and they've never done anything else and they, they might be older, they might be in their fifties, forties, thirties sixties, even this person has only experienced what i've what I've taught them, and that's it, and then you're coming in with your ten years plus experience, maybe even cage fighting full contact fighting, and now you're starting up they're like you're kind of on a different
1: it's a different plane.
0: Level, yeah. it's, a, it's a different level and i need to adjust for that and i and, and i know that um some i'm not going to make a generalized statement about brazilian jiu-jitsu but i will say that many brazilian jiu-jitsu sk- schools will still try to drag out that first year like at least at least so, and, yeah a lot of dedication yeah they're looking at dedication and um, and they're also looking at how much of of Brazilian jiu-jitsu in that one style do you know right how much of that rule, that one rule set do you know so they they will drag this out a little longer than than a Kaji Kembo school would um mostly because we're looking for different things, so like that's why I said like some people might trip from other styles like oh three and a half years right and but to clarify, it was not three and a half years right in kaj let's let's clarify here we just we just got we're about to wrap up a, a one hour podcast where we started with you doing martial arts as a f- six five years old five year old yeah as a five yeah. years five years old started doing martial arts at five years old, and then like well over ten fifteen sixteen seven when you add up the years it ends up turning into like eighteen. Yeah, 18, 19 years 18, prior 19, prior to yeah. Right. when you're we adding up the years, because that's how we and in Kajukemba, we add up the years like that. We're looking at the years and look at that. And also not to say that we also don't look at skill. Some people are really talented, some people can right. ride through, and then they're just they're just savants. And some people don't. They're, like you said, that freedom of expression, that freedom of expression, that freedom of level is in the looking at and that. That's why I was like trying to address that. Like and, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to attack, like oh, three years is too short. Because there might be even some Cajun Kimball guys like, oh, they, and they might see things differently in this one aspect. That's where we're not... Oh, not believe me. I'm, I, being very, I'm being very specific not to make a generalized statement here. No, just, no, oh, no, 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 I, no. I, I've heard it. I,
2: I, I've heard it. But the, the thing is, like I said, I was a color belt for like 11, 12 months. Like, I mean, white to green belt in that area. I was a brown belt for two and a half, two years and three, two years and three months. Yeah. I was a brown belt for that long. Because once I hit brown belt, he goes, you're going to be there for a while. So he had the Training and everything else I was doing, he got me to a level where he thought I, my skill level was, and he held me there for two two years and uh, to, until testing time. Yeah. so
1: like, again, and, and I think if people say, oh,
2: he tested me, somebody did say this, he tested me right before you left. I didn't get an assignment. and I, I was The scheduled date for us testing was already there. I didn't get my assignment until after we found out when we were going to test. So somebody had said that to me before. It's like, oh, he tested you because you know, you were getting ready to leave. I was like, no, I, I didn't have an assignment before. I, I wasn't
0: leaving, going anywhere before he set the date. <laughs> and, and, and I was gonna say, and even then, and so what? <laughs> no offense, I know how they get, I know how they get. I'll say, and so what? Like I've had yeah. to say, I've had to say, look, if, if and especially as an instructor, especially as an instructor, like it, it really hurts me as an instructor when I've put so much time and dedication to a student and I see life taking them somewhere else. I see life taking them somewhere else. And I know for a fact, this particular student is not going to stop training and they're going to keep going and they're going to keep contacting. Them. They're going to be, they're my, they're my students for life. Um, It pains me to see them just be like, you're there. You're right there. And if you have to go, then you have to go. But I'm, I I just, I just I'm, me personally, I've made that call. I've made that call where I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm you sure, know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't I don't want to see this person uh, feel like all that hard work and effort was wasted because life took me in a different direction. Right. So like, and that, that's why I've made that call in the past. So yeah, I'll, I'll say that you can get mad at me. So what? <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can get mad at me. Go up in the comments. <laughs> well, Claude, that's our hour. Um, Before we, we wrap up here, I think I asked you last time, is there anybody, anything you want to promote anything you want to throw out there? Any projects you want to mention to anyone? Um
2: got an AKA American Kachikemo Association is, is who I belong to. And um uh it was headed by Grandmaster Don Nahulewa and Richard Peralta, the Kachikemo with the M. Not that they we're any different, but you have to specifically say those two people are the progenitors or whatever the Kachikemo with the M. Um AKA is comprised mostly of members and um martial artists that come from the Lehu Reyes line to uh, those two gentlemen, and we're actually having a seminar in Albuquerque, New Mexico um, in September. Uh, in September, there'll be a flyer on the webpage, I'll be putting it out there and all that good stuff. So, and they're always open for anybody from any style to come and, and train. Um, I think Grandmaster Davis, Grandmaster, uh, Senior Grandmaster Davis will be there. Um, Scott Dinger, who's a Grandmaster, also from, I believe, from the uh, Jan Jean Lawrence line and all that. Um, and Grandmaster, uh, Richard, uh, sorry, not Richard Paul, Patrick McDaniel, James Cox, and myself will, will be, will be teaching there. Um, those are the upcoming projects. Uh, I'm trying to, honestly, I'm trying to find something else to train it, <laughs> you know, it's still looking, <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to get into some real estate things and some other stuff that I'm doing just in life in general and, uh, still trying to go, to, going back to school, uh probably first part of next year work on the phd thingy because i promised my mother i would get it done <laughs> and i don't want to disappoint my mom she's never disappointed me i know this she's gonna see this but it's something i promised her i would i would get done so i gotta get back on that <laughs> dating and practicing as always i wish i had gone to got a chance to go to the uh uh kajukimbo uh a tournament and and seminar this year, but I'll I'll definitely go to make it next year.
0: I don't Um, know if you got a chance to go. No, I don't get a chance to go. Someone asked me about that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I got my my time off because I'm coming from Japan. So I have to, uh, there's a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time I have to put to that. So I'm sorry.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm going to go, go, but I'm still figuring out how I'm going to logistically pull that off one day. Um, For your... For your seminar, that's in Albuquerque, New Albuquerque, New Mexico. It, you don't have the date yet. It's the end of September. I have the I can't think of the date right now. Okay. It's the well, end, well, we'll it's say the end of
2: September. last weekend. I believe the last weekend in September.
0: Where can people? Is there a website?
2: Yes, the AK actually it's on uh, uh Facebook. It's the American Kembo Association
0: website. There you I mean, go. Um, yeah, Facebook. Yeah, there it is. So go to the American Kajukenbo Association page on Facebook. Look it up and you'll see the seminar there for any information that you want for that seminar. And then my, my new goal is to release this podcast before then. Whenever. It's all good. It's all good. It'll come out. It's all good. The, it'll get there. It'll get it'll, out there it'll, it'll be out before the end of September. I'm going to put a note in my phone. <laughs> all right to my listeners thank you so much for checking out social jello with angelo podcast a podcast about martial arts and psychology conversations with the back fist what i'm supposed to say in the beginning i like to say at the end um please subscribe if you like what you saw if you know any martial artists uh, want to be on the show come from a different style you're more than welcome to reach out to me at thesocialjello at gmail.com catch y'all next time